Shalom family, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good day, good night. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Bread Podcast, where we read the word of Yahuwah daily. Yes, family, that's why we gather all here today to read the word of Yahuwah, we read another chapter today. The Daily Bread Podcast is presented to you guys by Living for Yahuwah Ministries, and I'm your host, Daliyahu. Here to read another chapter, and today we are reading Leviticus Uyakara chapter 5. And uh, I think it's gonna be a great chapter, and uh, I know it is because you all here, you're joining me, so looking forward to it. Um, just so you understand how this is gonna go, first, we're gonna do a short recap for those of you who may be listening for the first time or you may be just unfamiliar with this particular book. And where we at in the book in the context of what's going on so i will try to bring you up to speed and explain about that and uh we're gonna pray after we do the recap just so that we clear our hearts and clear our minds and uh, prepare ourselves to read the word of you and then we get into the chapter and uh, we read chapter five and uh when it's over hopefully i think when the chapter is over what i'm gonna do is do a little takeaway Whatever we took away from the chapter, and uh, I think that's gonna provide the context for our conversation. So, yes, welcome, family. Glad to have you back. Hope I pray. I hope and pray that you guys are having a goodest morning or goodest day as I am. I hope uh, all is well with you guys, your families, and uh, yeah. Hope I pray the best for you guys. So let, let's pray. let's get to the prayer. First, the recap. What is going on? We in Leviticus right now. So. You're reading the beginning of the scripture. Leviticus is the third book in the set apart scriptures, right? Chronologically, <clears throat> after Genesis and Exodus. Genesis was very important because it tells us how everything began. Yahuwah made everything in the earth in six days and rested on the seventh day. That's pretty important because we still rest on the seventh day. Just that pattern. And uh, since creation, Yahuwah has been... Uh, Going throughout the earth seeking righteous individuals People like Noah who he came to made a covenant with and he delivered him people like Abraham He came to him. He made a covenant with him. He delivered him um, <clears throat> So that's basically Genesis in a nutshell because after verse after about chapter 12 We reading about Abraham his sojourning So his covenant was that he had to leave the place where he was at and go where Yahuwah showed him so his Agreement with Yahuwah involved travel, right? Like we all are travelers and sojourners, so to speak. So, uh, basically, rest of Genesis is the traveling sojourners of Abraham's family, interactions with his family, interactions with people that they traveled, bumped into, whatever, whatever. And uh, <clears throat> it's just important to know that it was all one family. Adon, Noah, Abraham, Abraham's children, Abraham, I mean, Isaac, Jacob, Israel, they all one family, Hebrew family, okay? So... That's pretty much Genesis, the adventures of his family, right? Of Abraham's children. So uh, Exodus, it basically go hand in hand because fortunately we were led down to Egypt to escape famine. And uh, it was Yahuwah's will that uh, the children of Yashara, uh children of Israel, be saved through the famine, right? <clears throat> but uh, it was also his will. And we ended up in slavery um, under harsh bondage and oppression from Pharaoh. And again, that's where we see Yahuwah raising up individuals like Moses, the righteous man who Yahuwah made a covenant with. He told him, 
this same mountain, you're going to bring the people back and they're going to worship me on this mountain. He made a promise and Pharaoh did let the people go and after, ten, after the 10 plagues and uh, that's how we got Passover and this same time every year we coming out and we, we, we remembering this memorial that took place at, in this time in the beat. So Exodus is very important because that is the the very heart and soul of the Torah. Uh, I think Genesis is more about getting to know the family, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, um, and how it's relevant, the covenants. He came to each one of them and promised them things. But Exodus, it really takes shape. And we go from being just individuals like Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, to after this, we're talking about Yasharal as a whole nation. So we go from being a group of, a family of people to a nation. So that's very important. And we started a book of Exodus in slavery, harsh bondage, and we ended the book um, on the mountain of Elohim, in the wilderness, getting the Ten Commandments, and we ended up the book talking about his tender meeting, the tabernacle. Because the whole plan, what I need you to understand is the whole plan of Yahuwah is to dwell with his people. He made us, he take delight in us, we take delight in him. We're gonna live together one day. Just know that. That's the whole that's why we still reading the book. It ain't happened yet. But he wanna dwell with his people. So from the end of the book of Exodus, we, we've been talking about the tent of meeting. Everything, the pattern that Moses got shown on the mountain. How do we make this dwelling place for Elohim? Specifically what's required. And now we in the book of the priests, so to speak, with Leviticus. We told uh, Moses and Aaron, y'all going to be the priests. Y'all going to do all the orders of operation for the temple. And everybody going to go through, everything going to go through y'all. So they need to know the orders of operation. So that's what's happening in the book of Leviticus. We reading and understanding um, the function, the sacrifices and the functions, how we all function. So we all putting our feet in the shoes of the priests in this chapter so that we can concretely understand everything our forefathers already knew. Before they came to the temple, they knew why they was coming to the temple, what they had to bring, this thing that was common knowledge. But for us, it's a, it's a little bit distant. So that's why we reading, family. So we in that book of... Um, Leviticus or Uyakara, um, you are free and welcome. We encourage you guys to go back and, and, and catch up on Genesis and catch up on Shemut or Exodus. But right now we're in Leviticus chapter 5. So we're going to open up in prayer and we're going to get into this chapter 5. Okay. So again, the Hebrew custom, we stand, face the direction of the temple. Wherever Jerusalem is from you, might be east, it might be north, might be west. Face Jerusalem, family. Face Jerusalem. If you want to understand why we do that, read 1 Kings chapter 8. It's a phenomenal chapter. Very phenomenal. Um, so the Hebrew culture, we stand, we face the direction of the temple where it once stood. Uh, lift up our hands, open our palms, bow our heads. You heard it. Baruch Atah Yehuah, Alehinu, Hamalah Olam. Our Father who is in the heavens, permit your name to be set apart. Permit your reign to come. Make your desire to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us for our sins and our trespasses against your Torah and your commands as we forgive our dead oars. Allow us not to be led to trial, but save us and deliver us from the wicked one. For yours is the reign, the power, and the esteem, now and forever. These things and more we pray in the name of our Mashiach and Sovereign, Yahusha. Allah Yahuwah. So yeah, family, that was very important.
Yes, prayer, prayer is very important. And some will argue that prayer is the most important part of everything that we're doing here. Again, going before Allahim, uh, asking for forgiveness, getting our sins removed. Um, there's no temple right now. So as far as expatriation of sins and atonement, that's the most expedient way, family. So prayer is very important. So with that said, let's get into the book of Yakara. Um chapter 5 and let's see what Yahuwah has for us today I'm going to give you a chance to get there if you're reading along but uh, you can pause it if that's the case uh, Leviticus chapter 5 verse 1 if anyone sins how in that he hears a public adjuration to testify so you are a witness to someone testifying Verse 1, if anyone sins and that he hears a public adjuration to testify, and though he is a witness, whether he has seen or come to know the matter, yet does not speak, he will bear his iniquity. So it's no such thing as hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. If you see evil and you witness it and you don't speak during judgment or a time to testify or witnesses are called, guess what? You are guilty. I hope it makes sense, family. Pause it, reread it again, go into the interlinear, study it. This is why it's important not to be terrible, gossiper, even be involved in people's business. Because when it's time for judgment or when we need to know who saw him do that, who heard about that, the witness is obligated, you obliged to step up. No, yeah, I know I did see such and such. They did this, they hit this person, they did this, they cut that bit. Whatever happened, you a witness or you not. But just understand that we are all witnesses. The wickedness that we're seeing in the earth today, it's going to be a judgment. And we're going to testify. We're going to testify. So sometimes our current um, society have us looking at this in a backwards mindset. But when righteousness rules, we're trying to weed out the evil. Right? But right now, evil ruling. <laughs> and they're trying to weed out the righteous people. So um, how my, 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 how the tables have turned. But... Um, Again, Yahuwah, like we pray, his reign is forever. His, his reign is forever. So it's important to understand. Very important to understand. Verse 2. Or if anyone touches an unclean thing, whether a carcass of an unclean wild animal or a carcass of an unclean livestock or a carcass of unclean swarming things, or it is hidden from him and he has become unclean and he realizes his guilt. Or if he touches human uncleanness okay of whatever sort the uncleanness may be with which one becomes unclean and it is hidden from him when he know when he comes to know it and realizes his guilt or if anyone utters with his lips a rash oath to do evil or to do good any sort of rash utterance or rash oath that people swear and it is hidden from him when he comes to know it and he realizes his guilt in any of these. When he realizes his guilt in any of these and confesses the sin he has committed, he will bring to Yahuwah as his compensation or as his trespass offering for the sin that he has committed, a female from the flock, a lamb or a goat for a sin offering. And the priest will make atonement for his sins. Right, so another way to put this is called a trespass offering. In all these ways, we trespass and not 
um, bearing witness and uh, touching unclean things. We talked about it. Um, pork and swine, or what the uncleanliness of a human, blood or unclean things, is trespasses. And certain things are, are trespasses against you. So we should be mindful, right? And we there is a recompense to be paid. It's important to understand. And in, in these days, the priests would make atonement for our sin when we bought these animals. Verse seven. But if it cannot, if he cannot afford the lamb, always you got a better. Always the options. There was no excuse. If you cannot afford the lamb, then he will bring to you for his compensation for the sin that he has committed two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for a sin offering and one the other for a burnt offering. Verse eight. He will bring them to the priest who will offer first the one for the sin offering. He will wring his head from his neck, but will not sever it completely. And he will sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering on the side of the altar, while the rest of the blood will be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. Then he will offer the second for a burnt offering according to the rule, and the priest will make atonement for him for the sin that he has committed, and he will be forgiven. Hallelujah. But if he cannot afford two turtle doves or two pigeons, then he will bring as his offering for the sin that he has committed a tenth of an ephah or fine, a fine flour for a sin offering. He will put no oil on it and put no fragrances on it, for it is a sin offering. So imagine, pay attention, family. We got different classes of trespass offerings. So no matter how small your trespass, you need to make an offering. And you need to get forgiveness, right? You need atonement for it. So you can offer a lamb. He's not asking for a bull this time. A bull, again, a bull was equivalent to like 20,000 USD, a car. Uh, think about a Toyota Prius. Like that was the equivalent of an offering. So he's not asking for a bull. He's asking for a lamb, a sheep from the flock, or a goat, right? Female one, which is plenty of them. That's still a sizable offering. Even if you had herds or flock, that's like he asking for... Uh, a day's salary, maybe a month, not a day's salary, like a two-week salary, a month salary, something like that. Two weeks, half a month salary. Um, that was the type of offering we're talking about. Whatever that equivalent is to you, that's what people would offer. Um, but if you didn't have that, you could bring a turtle dove, two turtle dove. So that was like a day, two, three days salary, maybe one day salary, you could get turtle dove. And if you can't afford turtle dove, you, it's a vegan option. You could bring bread, bring flour. So it's interesting to note the offering and classes of offering. He talked about all his people. So from the one that's rich to the one that's poor, everybody had something to bring to his temple. And they were able, they had a means for expatiating or atoning for their sin, which is very important, very thoughtful. And it just shows us the uh, commitment of Yahuwah to his people. Uh, interesting. Verse 12, and he will bring it to the priest and the priest will take a handful of it as a memorial portion and burn this on the altar on Yahuwah's full offerings. It is a sin offering. 13. Thus the priest will make atonement for him for the sin which he has committed in any of these things and he will be forgiven. And the remainder will be for the priest in as, as in the grain offering. Hallelujah. Verse 14. Yahuwah spoke to Moses saying, if anyone commits a breach of faith and sins unintentionally in any of the set-apart things of Yahuwah, he will bring to Yahuwah as his compensation a ram without blemish out of the flock, value in silver shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary. 
for a guilt offering. He will also make restitution for what he has done amiss in the set apart thing and will add a fifth to it and give it to the priest. And the priest will make atonement for him with the ram of the guilt offering and he will be forgiven. Hallelujah. Verse 17. If anyone sins doing any of the things that by Yahuwah's commandments ought not to be done, though he did not know it, then realizes his guilt, he will bear his iniquity. Don't forget that, family. <laughs> Don't forget. He will bring to the priest a ram without blemish out of the flock or its equivalent for a guilt offering. And the priest will make atonement for him for the mistake that he made unintentionally, and he will be forgiven. Verse 19, it is a guilt offering. He has indeed incurred guilt before Yahuwah. So, hallelujah, family. Uh, thanks for reading with us, for, for joining us. We thank you guys for that. And so what shall we say now? We see that sin is important. We see that ignorance doesn't absolve us from sin. We see that Yahuwah gives us every mean and every option to expatriate or atone for our sin. We see that we got a couple different types and classes of sin. We got trespass offerings, guilt offerings, um, etc., etc. But there's no excuse. That's I think that's the only takeaway. Just remember, it ain't no excuse. It's blood, it's prayer, it's animals, it's us, it's atonement, it's Yahuwah. But it ain't no excuse. It's everything we need, but it ain't no excuses. So, with that being said, I'm going to leave y'all alone. I'm going to leave you to it. I'm going to leave you to go read, go pray, go go find your whore. Thanks for walking with us. Thanks for joining us. And until uh, the next chapter, family, we say shalom. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to follow the podcast. Interact with us in the question and answer segment. Follow us on social media. And if you feel led to support the uh, ministry, all praise to you, Lord. So I'm going to leave you guys to it, to your hood, to your prayer, to your quiet time, to your study. Have a great day, family. Until the next chapter, shalom, shalom.